Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that we can gather together. Lord, where you are, there's great power. And when we gather, there is great unity. And Lord, you promise that when we gather together in unity, you command the blessing. So Lord, we, uh, we just expect a blessing tonight. And we just pray you just break through in people's lives and you just give them a fresh revelation of who the Holy Spirit is. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you believe in God tonight, then you've got to believe in miracles. Isn't that right? Uh, God is a God of the supernatural. And the amazing thing about God is that he offers us eternal life. And we believe him for that eternal life. Isn't that right? The biggest thing that possibly could be, we believe him. But we don't tend to believe him for the little things. We serve a supernatural God. He's the God that created the universe by just speaking it into being. Nothing is impossible to him. You know, he, he's the God who parts the waters. He's the one who calms the storm. He's the one who heals the sick. He's the one who makes something out of nothing, who feeds the 5,000. He breaks down walls, turns defeat into victory. He's the one who calls us winners, not losers, who says that we are precious in his sight. He's the one who loves us so much that he sent Jesus. You know, I believe in miracles because I believe in God and God's the God of miracles. I came to the Lord through a healing miracle when I was at university. So I always knew from that time onwards that God healed miraculously. Anyone else had a miraculous healing in their life? Just give us a little wave. Yeah, a number of you. Once you've received it, you know it. A couple of years ago, Penny, my wife, who's a trained physiotherapist, had a prophetic dream. And in that dream, she had a vision of a person's lower leg with a broken bone inside the foot. In that dream, she prayed for that broken bone, and before her eyes, the foot was completely healed. A couple of weeks later, uh, we heard that a good friend of ours, Greta Peters, I don't know whether you know David and Greta Peters, Greta is also a physiotherapist, had um, been out running, and she had fallen and X-rays confirmed that she had a broken bone in her foot exactly the same as in Penny's dream. Uh, doctors had told Greta that she needed surgery to pin it and she would, be, she would be probably unable to ever run again. Penny rang her up, told her about the dream, prayed for her over the phone and believed that she would be healed. <coughs> she was due surgery later that week so Greta persuaded the surgeon to do an MRI, which showed no broken bones at all, just completely healed. Uh, some of you old-timers will know a guy by the name of Wayne Myers, who ministers extensively um, throughout the United States and Australia and New Zealand. And he tells how in 1946, God called him to the mission field in Mexico. Uh, he said... <clears throat> to God, my health isn't that good. Uh, basically, he had had a number of stomach operations from Navy surgeons. He was wounded in World War II, and the surgeons had told him that he uh, would have to be on a specialised diet uh, for the rest of his life. So when, God, when he felt that God was calling him to Mexico, he said, well, God, my health isn't that good. And secondly, my theological training isn't very good either and I can't speak the language, and I've got no money. 
That's a good start, eh? That's a man full of faith. And uh, so he spent a few days praying and fasting. And at the end of that time, he felt God say to him that if he would honor the call on his life, that God would take care of the rest. Uh, Wayne has helped build over 5,000 churches in Mexico alone. And this year, he is still preaching twice a week, and he celebrated his 100th birthday. (laughs) Uh, I get the feeling that God took care of the rest. Amen. And And I say that to say, hey, when God calls you, when God speaks to you, he takes care of life. Uh, the supernatural is the hallmark of the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Hebrews 2, 3 and 4, this salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So as we at Church Unlimited have seen over the last few months, the supernatural is a sign that points people to Jesus. And Mark 16, 17 tells us that signs will follow those that believe. It's not just the paid clergy. It's not just not the senior pastors, but everybody. It's not just healing evangelists, but all believers can have signs following ministries that point people to Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit, though, is so much more than just physical miracle healings. Although that's what we tend to focus on. I I believe in miracles because when I was at university, I was interested in this uh, girl, uh, as young guys at university generally are. And uh, she was a Christian. Uh, I never was. I used to go to a church. But uh, this girl invited me to go to a Christian union camp. And uh, those of you who have been recently uh, unsaved, uh, will know that the last thing you want to do when you don't know the Lord is get into a camp situation or a closed meeting. That's really, really, really uncomfortable. And so I liked this girl, but I didn't want, know, I didn't like what she was asking me to do. So I said to her, oh, look, uh, I can't go to this camp. Uh, I'm playing soccer for Massey University, and so I can't get out of that for, for the day. And she said, oh, where's your soccer match? And I looked it up and I said, oh, we're, we're playing at Levin at Levin. And she said, what a coincidence. The camp is just down the road for us. Uh, so I couldn't get out of it. Went and played soccer. And in all the years I played soccer, and I played rep soccer, I played for New Zealand universities. Uh, and all the years I've been playing soccer, I never, ever got injured, except for this Saturday morning. And I dived under a guy's feet. He smacked my oh, goalkeeper. Dived under a guy's feet. Smacked my hands, my hand just blew up, couldn't hold anything, couldn't move my fingers. There was nothing broken, but um, the medics uh, bound it all up, put my arm in a sling, and I went back to the camp feeling really sorry for myself. That night, down the back of the meeting, I just said, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And it was like someone poured a bucket of hot water on me, which I now know was the Holy Spirit. And it just flowed down over my body, flowed down over my arms, down over my hands. And I looked at the end of my fingers and I couldn't see any swelling. 
and I started to move the ends of my fingers. Then I took the bandages off. Then I took the sling off, and I was completely healed. And I knew at that time that God loved me, that he had a plan for my life, and that my life would be different. I believe in miracles. The power of the Holy Spirit is so much more, though, than just physical healings. The Apostle Paul said, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you've got to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. (laughs) But I'm convinced that if we want more gifts... And if we want more fruit of the Spirit in our lives, then we need to get to know the Holy Spirit Himself. Everything happens from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Here, we're in a new season. And it's a season God is wanting us to grow closer to Him, uh, to grow up and mature in Him, to be more effective in partnering with Him to see His kingdom plans and kingdom purposes come to pass. And in this season, it's no longer acceptable just to do good stuff. We need to stop working in our own strength and start working in the Holy Spirit. It's not by our strength. It's not by our wisdom. It's not by our strength that the kingdom of God is going to grow. It's by the Spirit. Zechariah 4, 6, not by the might nor my power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, the focus is on Father God. In the New Testament, or the Gospels, the focus is on Jesus Christ. But in the Acts and the Epistles, the focus is on the Holy Spirit. And we are living in the area, in the era of the Holy Spirit. He ran the early church, and He needs to run our churches today. Amen? Right here, right now, God the Father is in heaven. Where's Jesus? Seated at the right hand of God. Interceding on our behalf, yeah. And most of us need it. But the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is here with us. When the Holy Spirit is present, it's like Jesus being present. When the Holy Spirit heals, it's like Jesus heals. When the Holy Spirit teaches, it's like Jesus teaching. He's the Spirit of Jesus, yet He's distinct from Jesus. And three revelations have absolutely changed my life. Firstly, the revelation that God is real. Secondly, the revelation that God loves me and has a plan for my life. That changed me completely. The third revelation that changed my life was the revelation that the Holy Spirit is a person He's not just some eerie fairy ghost, but he's actually a spirit person. Uh, when Peter confessed that to Jesus, that Jesus was the Christ, Jesus said to Peter, he said, you haven't received that revelation by your flesh. No, you've received that revelation from God. Actually, if you read it in the NIV, it says, I think it says, flesh and blood has not, um, has not opened this up to you, but your Father in heaven. And we need that revelation from God that the Holy Spirit is a person. Because when you see that the Holy Spirit is a person, and the Holy Spirit can be grieved, uh, you'll live differently. 
you'll live completely differently. When uh, Pastor Tark had weeks of visitation in India that changed him, it was the person of the Holy Spirit that he met. And from the moment I asked Jesus to come into my life, the Holy Spirit was with me. When I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he imparted his presence and his gifts. But what happened at Pentecost was just one of his gifts. Beyond salvation, beyond baptism in water, beyond the infilling of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is waiting for us to meet Him personally. Uh, we relate pretty easily to God the Father. We, we have this picture in our minds. Uh, we can picture Jesus because He came to earth and was like us. But often we struggle with the person of the Holy Spirit. But he wants us to get to know him, to converse with him, to recognize that he has feelings, and it'll change everything. And if we don't, we get things back to front. Uh, in my garden, I've got uh, lots of fruit trees. Uh, I've got plum trees. I've got apple trees. I've got fajoas. I've got a lot of citrus. And every gardener knows that if you want fruit from your trees then you have to look after the tree. So in winter, you've got to prune. In springtime, you've got to fertilize. You've got to check in for bugs. You've got to look after the trees. If you want fruit from, of the Holy Spirit, and every one of us want more love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, Faith, meekness, temperance, every one of us want to grow in the things, but they are, they are fruit of the Holy Spirit. So guess who we have to look after if we want more fruit like that in our lives? We have to look after the Holy Spirit. A great book to read on this, if you're into reading books, is Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. And you can get a Kindle version of that if you want an e-version, or you can get the hard copy online. And it's a story of how he got to know the Holy Spirit as a person. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, then a really good book to introduce you to the Holy Spirit is one called Nine O'Clock in the Morning by Dennis Bennett. He was a uh, Anglican, I think, or Catholic, Catholic priest. And uh, how he encountered the Holy Spirit and how it changed his life completely. The great thing is the Holy Spirit wants us to get to know him, and he's always with us. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship, fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. It's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that we need to work on. And so my prayer for our church this weekend is that uh, we will get a hunger and a thirst for more of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, it is better for you that I go away and the Holy Spirit comes. Have you ever thought, why? Have you ever thought, gosh, wouldn't it have been cool to be one of the disciples? Wouldn't it have been great just to be walking around with Jesus, seeing all the miracles, watching all that? Have you, have you ever thought that? Well, Jesus said, hey, it's actually better that I go away. Why? Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time. If Jesus was visiting my house, 
He wouldn't be visiting Trent's house. But the Holy Spirit, he's with us all, all of the time. When you're down, the Holy Spirit can be with you. He's our helper. He's our teacher. He's our guide. He's the spirit of truth, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. In the Greek, it says that he is the parakletos, which means the one who walks alongside us, encouraging us as we walk. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, He goes through everything that we experience with us. He's the one who assures us that we'll never be alone, the one who points us to Jesus. We all want his power in our lives, but actually it's his person that we need. Because if we get to know the person of the Holy Spirit, he will come with his power. Uh, Knowing the Holy Spirit was so important that Jesus commanded his disciples not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Jesus said to the disciples, don't go anywhere, don't try and do anything, but wait until I send the Holy Spirit. They waited, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, and, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, they transformed the known world. Absolutely transformed. And that is the blueprint for Christianity. Not by might, not by the Spirit, and not by my Spirit, but by the Holy Spirit. Waiting on the Holy Spirit is an absolute key, people. Uh, I found that waiting quietly is an invitation to the Holy Spirit to come. Uh, we find it hard to wait. Uh, We find it hard to do nothing, or I do anyway, because I want to get going. I want to make it happen, and that's our problem, because invariably, if I'm trying to make it happen, I'm relying on human effort and not on the Spirit of God. But have a listen to what this verse says, Isaiah 64, verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you who acts for the one who waits for him. Who does God act for? The one who waits. The one who waits. When you wait, the Holy Spirit works. When you work without waiting, you're on your own. It's a key verse if we're going to see great increase in the Holy Spirit power in our lives. We need to seek the person of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That means that there is a transcending of the natural there and a moving into the supernatural when we wait on the Holy Spirit. How many people have got a cell phone? I should have said, how many people haven't got a cell phone? Everybody's got a cell phone. Everyone's got a cell phone. And if you're like me, you diligently charge your mobile phone. Religiously, every night I plug it in. In fact, the the more expensive the cell phone you've got, the faster it goes through your batteries. Every night I plug in my iPad Every night I plug in my cell phone and I make 
sure that it's fully charged. So when it's functioning well, we get messages, we see posts, we stay connected with people. Every time we charge the phone, ask yourself, have I charged my spirit? Have I charged my spirit man? Because with that, you stay connected to God. You hear his voice. You get wisdom. You get help in every area of life. Your whole life and future success depends on charging your spirit. Get this right and you'll enjoy more peace, more joy, more breakthroughs. Charge your spirit by waiting on the Holy Spirit, by plugging into Him. So every time you look at your phone, let it remind you and challenge you to pray for a minute. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Ask for His help. You know, I've got hundreds of examples of the Holy Spirit just coming and uh, touching and giving us wisdom. But every one of those virtually required waiting on him. Uh, Before I became a minister, I was the technical executive of New Zealand Dairy. So it means that all of the technical area for the whole of the dairy company was under my responsibility. One of my key roles was in problem solving. So when we had a problem in one of our dairy company factories, I'd take a team of people out and we'd go out and sort out what the problem was. Time after time after time, when I went out into a situation, I'd say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what's going on here, but you do. Please guide me. So show me where the problem is uh, so that my team can get this sorted out. And without a lie, I saved the dairy company millions of dollars, millions of dollars because of words of wisdom from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what job you've got. It doesn't matter whether you're an executive in the dairy company. It doesn't matter whether you are a hairdresser. And um, man, I need hairdressers. It doesn't matter whether you're a teacher. It doesn't matter whether you are a housewife. It doesn't matter what your job situation is. If you will take that time to plug into the Holy Spirit and you would learn to listen to His voice, He'll speak to you because there's nothing better he enjoys doing than talking to his kids. And he wants his kids to be successful in everything that you do. He will open doors. Some of you said, wow, when I said that I was a technical executive of New Zealand Dairy. I want to tell you, I wasn't bright enough for that job. I wasn't smart enough by myself. But God opened doors and he opens doors that nobody, no man can shut. And he shuts doors that nobody can open. You know how I got that job? I applied for it. I wrote out a quarter of a page resume and handed it to the boss of the New Zealand Dairy Company and he gave me the job. And I think today, man, today... I would have put a resume in like this with all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed. But you see, God honours those that honour him. And the Holy Spirit walks with those people who walk with him. So if you want to have success in life, honour the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever sensed the presence of God? Hmm. Okay, most of us. 
If you sense the presence of God, that means that he's here. And we know he's here anyway. The Holy Spirit is, is with us all the time. But sometimes we just need to, we just need to feel his presence. How do you move from sensing the presence of God to seeing a release of the power of God in any situation? It's your faith that bridges the gap. Okay. So what I want you to start to do is that when you sense God's presence, when you know that he's there, Sometimes it'll come with an overwhelming peace. Just stop and say, Holy Spirit, is this something that you want me to do? Back in the Hamilton AOG days, um, one time I was just sitting in the front row and there was a communion going on and I was just still before the Lord and I was just um, trying to plug into the Holy Spirit and... Suddenly, my, my left ear just began to, just, I just had pain go through it. And I thought, wow, that wasn't normal. And I sort of shook my head and kept on praying. And then sharp pain again in my left ear. And because of the situation, I, I said, Holy Spirit, are you trying to show me something? And I really felt then that there would be someone in that meeting that had a pain in their left ear and that God wanted to heal it. Now, Hamilton AOG was a church of, at that stage, 1,300, 1,400 on a Sunday morning. So if I said someone's got a sore right toe, there'd be 30 or 40 would stand up with that. You know, so it wasn't hard to get people to stand up with a problem. But uh, in this particular case, I, um, I stood up and I said, look, I just I just feel like there'll be people here who've got a pain in their left ear and the Holy Spirit wants to heal. So eight people came up for prayer and we prayed for them. Later that week, a guy came up to me and said, you know, when you had that um, word of knowledge, he said, uh, I stood up and I came up in the front and, and I got prayed for. He said, when I went back to my seat, the first thing I said to my wife was, who turned the sound system up? Because everything was really, 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 really loud. And as it turned up, this guy had had um, tinnitus uh, and problems in his ear for the last 15 years. And through that word of knowledge, the Holy Spirit was able to generate faith and he received his healing. So I, I say that to say the Holy Spirit wants to use you. Jesus said that out of our bellies will come rivers of living water. And it says, thus spake he of the Spirit. And again, that's not for the paid clergy. That's for everybody. Everyone, every one of us can begin to receive more, to acknowledge the Holy Spirit, to walk with the Holy Spirit and see Him moving in our situations and circumstances. We have a group of ladies who pray on a Wednesday for anyone who wants prayer. So they pray between 12 o'clock and 2 o'clock. And there was the lady in the group who had had um, a rash over her body for uh, 15 years. The doctors couldn't do anything about this. Uh, she came to that group of ladies uh, and they prayed for her, and within a week, the rash was completely gone, completely healed. So God is wanting to use people. 
the very first uh, person that I prayed for as um, in my posi- ex- in my executive position was my secretary. What had happened was um, because I came in a position, I had to get a new secretary, and um, the secretary who had been the secretary to the general manager of Scalar Up New Zealand came uh, to work for us. And during the time in between two weeks, she'd spent two weeks in the garden, and she got RSI in her in her hand. And how many people know that RSI isn't a good thing to have when you're a secretary and you're having to type? Uh, she wasn't a Christian, uh, but I was her boss. So I invited her into my room and I said, can I pray for you? Well, she couldn't refuse. You know, talk about spiritual abuse in high places. Uh, so I prayed for her. And guess what happened? No, she didn't. She didn't get healed. I was, it was amazing. She, she didn't get healed. But two weeks later, she gave her heart to the Lord. She, she said it was the most amazing thing that had ever happened to her when I prayed for her. You know, there's people out there who are just waiting for you to say, hey, can I, can I just pray for you? There's people, and when you do, when you step out of your comfort zone, the Holy Spirit steps out with you. And he is just wanting you to put aside your fear of man and just begin to trust him. What's the worst thing that can happen when you pray for a non-Christian? They say no, and I've had that. Guy was having a heart attack on the golf course. I said, can I pray for you? He said, no. I thought, well, <laughs> it's your choice, but I prayed for him anyway. <laughs> if we want to bridge the presence of God, which most of us feel, and the power of God, we've got to use our faith. So w- what's going to cause our faith to grow? Well, as we read God's Word, our faith will grow. And that's really, really, really important, people. When I lived in Hamilton, I used to enjoy trout fishing. And uh, I had two little kids, and one day I took them along to the um, Nongataha Trout Hatchery in Rotorua. And uh, what this is, is they have these huge big uh, ponds there, and they're absolutely crammed full of trout. And once a year, they have an open day for kids, and you take your kid along, and you buy them a trout license, and they give you a rod, and uh, they teach the kids how to, how to fly fish, and the kid... All the kid has to do is get his line in the water and one of the 5,000 trout in this little pond is going to jump on the line. And they think this is so cool. This is so great. The thing is, there's so many fish in that pond that they can't miss. They have to catch a fish. All right. With some of you, the Holy Spirit is wanting to pull up scriptures that are in your pond of your life and he can't find any. Why can't he find any? Because you haven't put any there in the first place. Every day, every week, every month, we need to be stocking our life with the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit. When the right times come and you need it, He can deep into your life and He can bring up and He can say, Hey, Dawn. Don't you realize I know the plans 
that I've got for you. They're plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. When you stock your life with the Scripture of God, the Holy Spirit will cause that Scripture to come alive in situations and circumstances. And we're in the pass it on business. The, the Apostle Paul says, the things that I heard from the Lord, I now pass on to you. You're not saved just for yourself. You're saved for the community around about you. You're the light of that community. You're the salt of that community. And you've got to begin to find a way to pass on what you have received. So reading the Word of God, if you put it in, the Holy Spirit will help you to take it out. Okay, That builds up your faith. When you're reading the Word of God, you come across stories such as in Acts 3 where um, two disciples are going up to church. They see a guy by the side of the, side of the road who's a beggar. He's lame. He asks them for money. And the disciples say, hey, look, I haven't got any money, but I'll tell you what, I'll give you what I've got. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You know, when I read that, I think, wow, that is so encouraging. Because the same scripture, that the same Holy Spirit that's in me is the same Holy Spirit that was in them. And if he can work through them, he can work through me if I'll just partner with him. So read the word. As we hear the Holy Spirit speak to us, faith rises in our hearts. As soon as I hear God, God speak, something happens inside. And I just know that I know that God's going to move. He's interested in the big things and the little things in your life. Trust him, and your faith for miracles is going to grow as we hear and see miracles for ourselves. Then your faith's going to grow as we experience a miracle. Your faith is going to grow as we step out in obedience to the word of God. Miracles happen. So, if you would just make yourself available, if you would just say, Holy Spirit. I'm available for you to do whatever you want in me and through me. Guess what? He will. He will. I mean, I was at the Combined Church's um, prayer meeting the other week at C3, and uh, I saw this, this big guy there, and I thought, wow, what a great countenance he's got. It was Dennis, all right? Dez. Dez, I called him Dennis. Yeah, Dez. Dez. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what I thought, eh? <laughs> but when I saw him, I just wanted to bless him. Something within me connected. You can do that with your next door neighbor. You can do that with people down, down the street. Uh, Jesus said, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak are spirit and they are life. You know, Jesus told the disciples that they'd do greater things than he did. And that tells me that when we speak the word of God to people, it produces life in people's lives. Isn't that right? 
Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. In other words, encourage one another. Speak life into people's lives. We've run out of time uh, tonight, but what I want us to do is I want you all just to close your eyes. And I want you just to pray, first of all, I want you to pray, God, I want a revelation of the person of the Holy Spirit. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, I need to know you. Will you just reveal yourself to us? Just do that. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you just to come and just to reveal yourself to people here, right here, right now. People who haven't actually had a revelation of your person. Reveal yourself to them now in Jesus' name. Pray quietly just for a moment. Holy Spirit, just come. You know, when you get a revelation of the Holy Spirit, you want to hear Him more clearly. You want to grow your relationship with Him. You want to put aside stuff that hurts them. You want to stop doing things that causes them to grieve. It's a great, great scripture in Proverbs 21, verse 1. It says, The heart of a king is like streams of water in the hands of the Lord. He can turn it this way and that. It means that when you put your heart in the hand of the Lord, he can turn it whichever way he wants. I told you I was an executive in the dairy company. I was at a black power funeral. One of the young guys who was in one of my um, life groups got murdered. I spoke as his tangy. And I just sat down after speaking and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, not with a inside to out voice, but with an outside to in voice, audible voice. And God said, how many more young men will die before you preach my word? I was going one way in life and then, but my heart was in God's hands. And because my heart was in God's hands, he could turn it whichever way he wanted. No sweat, no trouble, a word. A word from God will change your life.